May the 4th... Oh, no, it's the 10th. <laughs> we both thought of the same exact thing to start with. <laughs> <laughs> Our minds are linked. <laughs> so, uh, belated May the 4th be with you. Because uh, we are about six days too late. Well, cannot counting uh, Revenge of the Fifth and uh, Return of the Sixth. Uh, but yeah, we we originally planned on doing something Star Wars themed for May the Fourth, but unfortunately that never uh, materialized because we are quite busy. But we are going to do something now anyway in Blame the spirit Walmart. of Star Wars. Blame Walmart. But you want to take up groceries that day, right? You were saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so blame Walmart for our uh, our failed May the Fourth podcast. Uh, but here we are now, doing it anyway because we have to. You can't just pass uh, pass May the Fourth and not do anything Star Wars related. Um, it is a cultural phenomenon, and we have to do this. And I really want to do this too, because it was my suggestion <laughs> to, to the podcast group. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you introduce the audience to what we are doing right okay, now? Okay. Um, so, basically, our topic is um, related to Star Wars, but how we would re envision or rewrite it. I, I would say prequels and the sequels at least uh, I think the OT the original trilogy is uh, pretty much untouchable at this point wait did you say sequels yeah prequels those, those sequels. exist oh <laughs> oh yeah you're right do they exist I don't know maybe we're just writing our own sequels right now uh, for this podcast because it's possible yeah because I'm sure they don't exist uh, like other than the fact uh, we have the, those uh, really terrible fan fiction movies that have been posted on the internet, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Force oh, the Awakens, The Force Awakens, and uh, what was the one with the other, the other two? I don't know. Some, I can't remember what their names were. Some Last Sith or something. The Last Sith. The Last Sith or something. Rise <laughs> of the Kenobi. Rise of the Kenobi. <laughs> that could have been it. Uh, possibly, uh, but yeah, that is that is what we're doing. We are discussing how we would have redone the prequels and the sequels. Um, I think we mentioned it before that we grew up watching the prequels, so we're not prequel haters. We're actually prequel lovers. So screw all you haters out there. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You have everyone is entitled to their opinion, but we grew up on the prequels and we love the prequels, uh, despite their obvious flaws. And flaws we must acknowledge uh, if we're being objective here, right? <laughs> I was just sorry. I just first uh, <laughs> I was watching Cinema Sins today. Uh, everything wrong with Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's a good. One. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> it was. It was. It was so good. But yeah, uh, the flaws we have to acknowledge, obviously, as, uh, you, as you were saying. They exist, they exist, and there's no point in denying them. But at the same time, I do believe that a few of them are a bit 
exaggerated. Uh, just people sort of hopping on the the hate for George Lucas. Um, but yeah. So why don't we go ahead and get into it without delaying any longer. So we're going to start, obviously, with what is your favorite uh, film of the series, which may come as a shock to many people. Yes, actually. Um, my favorite film is uh, the first one, Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's that's what I was uh, going at. The first, the first one where we're going to start is the Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> where else would we start? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I missed <laughs> I thought you were going backwards with from. I, I thought you were just asking me what my favorite one was. <laughs> I mean, we're starting. We're starting with uh, the the Phantom Menace. Um, so as as I'm sure uh, the more Star Wars inclined audience knows, uh, the Phantom Menace is very hated outside the prequel community, obviously. Um, it got very bad reviews from the critics. And when you watch it now as an adult, oh, for us, it's a little different because we appreciate the prequels for what they were and uh, the childhood nostalgia and all that. But watching them now uh, as an objective adult viewer, you you kind of begin to see uh, the flaws in it, especially when you look at the prequel trilogy as a whole. So, you know, it being your favorite film, and I guess I guess we don't have to go film by film for this. We're just talking about how the entire plot line of, you know, the, the sort of triptych, uh, the trilogy, would have played out. Uh, so, I don't know, how, how would you have changed the narrative arc of Phantom Menace? I guess to um, begin, oops, hit my mic. Um, the way it's, it's it's interesting, like the way it starts. But I think I think I'm gonna start from the ending and go backwards. I don't know. It seems like an, a weird way to start, but. Um, Actually, no. Let's, let's start. Let's start from chronological order. I think that makes more sense. For a second, I'm like, dude, uh, what is he? What is he trying to accomplish here? I don't. I don't see how that's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, would, that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I guess. Say, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I would actually kind of change how they how their first encounter with uh, Anakin uh, came into like fruition basically yeah as we know in the Phantom Menace basically Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are basically it's they they actually crash land on Tatooine right yeah, that's yes. what I can remember. And they're just looking yes. for parts for their ship, mm-hmm. as always. Which is kind of an interesting plot for the uh, the fan fiction sequels, because that had 
something similar, right? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> something similar. <laughs> something, <laughs> something similar. But yeah, um, and then there's the whole pod racing scene, which I did really like, so I wouldn't really touch that. But um, I, I would say, like, the way that I would rewrite it is maybe instead of it being um, sort of uh, Anakin was supposed to be this uh, like this tech genius basically he was a repair guy right he was good with um, pilots, piloting. He was good with uh, mechanical mechanics and everything. He basically made C three PO. But imagine if you know that wasn't the case. Imagine if Anakin was more of a you know he grew up in a junkyard rather than you know in the middle of. Uh, Bustling Tatooine, if you can call it that. Imagine uh, te- if technically, technically, sorry, uh, technically he did grow up in a junkyard because oh. uh, I remember Wano, Wano, the guy, the alien who owned him, because uh, oh. he was a slave. Oh, Wano, yeah, Wano had, had right. that kind of that shop, that junk shop, right? So <laughs> technically, he did grow up in the in the middle of a junkyard. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess he did. Well, there goes my idea. <laughs> you know, go go on with it. What, what, what are you going to say? Complete, uh, <laughs> complete, complete your little narrative. Uh, let's see where it goes. So maybe instead of winning the pod race, what if Anakin actually loses? And uh, basically, as we know, Watto, they have to still like buy him out in the like in the normal plot when he wins but imagine if um, he loses and then uh, like maybe Waro's guy wins was it Saboba? I think Saboba. yeah that's yeah I know can you uh, a bit of a digression here can you name all the pod racers in the Phantom Metis and this this is a question to everyone out there (laughs) how much of a fan how much of a fan are you? Can you name all the all the participants in the pod race? All I remember, you know, is Anakin and Sabalba, that's it. And then there's that that, uh, that round green dude who's whose pod racer uh, doesn't uh, doesn't start <laughs> properly. Oh god. His name is on the tip of my tongue, now it's gone. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I uh, continue. Oh yeah, so imagine if uh, basically, Sabalba won, and there was no real need for Anakin to go like to basically, you know, free himself from. Remember, I think the whole thing was, you know, he wins the race and then he frees either himself or his mom, and yeah. he chooses himself. Or no, he chooses his mom. No, 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 no. Sorry. I think the deal was the deal was um, that, that Qui Gon made with Watto was like yeah. uh, basically if Anakin wins, then I get to take Anakin with me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but if he imag- if he loses, 
I, I feel like a, in any case, Qui Gon would probably find a way to. Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> sure, for sure. Qui Gon. Qui Gon's a very interesting character. Um, he's yeah, he's actually yeah. my favorite Jedi. Oh yeah, Obi Wan is your favorite Jedi. This guy's a huge Obi Wan fan. For those of you who don't know, uh, but yeah, Qui Gon is a very interesting Jedi because if if you sort of read any of the expanded lore, well, actually, uh, I'm not sure if this is still canon, but I'm sure it is. Anything related to the movies that is are, is still canon. But if you've read any of the sort of expanded material. Uh, and you get to you know get to know Qui Gon's character a bit more. He was actually not as strict and adherent to the Jedi code as, um, say, Obi Wan was or Yoda was. He was actually what people would refer to as a uh, a gray Jedi. He was very he wasn't black and white, right? Like, um, he sort of blurred the lines between right and wrong, okay? Um, if I'm saying this correctly to any of the more, uh, bigger Star Wars nerds out there. So he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, follow this code to the letter. Like, if Anakin had lost the pod race, like you said, Qui-Gon would have found a way to get Anakin off of Tatooine. Whether it be taking him by force... Or, like, smuggling him out. Things that you wouldn't expect a, a Jedi Knight to do. Because to the, to the galaxy at large in the Star Wars universe, Jedis are, you know, these, these paragons of, of virtue, uh, of justice. They wouldn't do anything uh, like stealing a slave off a planet where slavery is legal. And actually... Uh- I could see Qui-Gon, if, they, if Anakin loses, I could see Qui-Gon basically smuggling both Shmi and Anakin. Off the planet? Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Because uh, with, with Anakin's uh, mother uh, on Coruscant, uh, things probably would have played out a little differently, but we're kind of digressing here into a what-if scenario. <laughs> oh, uh, but, then again, but then again, it is, uh, is kind of what if, what-if uh, thinking here. Um, but like what I what I thought of uh, during this week um, was instead of you know you usually just scrap the entire sort of Tatooine uh, plotline the narrative <laughs> and instead of having Anakin as a slave you would introduce him as someone as a teenager already in the Jedi Order and this is my idea for the Phantom Menace uh, as to how to make it more um, ex- not accessible likable to um, the general audience who didn't like it um, for the most part so you have Anakin as uh, a teenager who's a Padawan already um, you have now I kind of am split between two things here A he is the apprentice of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's in the movie, too. But Obi-Wan is, like, a freshly um, promoted Jedi Knight. So he's still in the movie, he still plays, he still plays his own part. Uh, but he's not, he's not Qui-Gon's pad one. Anakin is Qui-Gon's pad one. And he's been training him for some time. 
Or, what I was thinking, is that you could... And this one hurts, because I really like Qui-Gon. Uh, or you could, you know, axe Qui-Gon completely. Like, remove him from the movie, and just have it so that... Um, I didn't really think further than this, because it was kind of difficult. Uh, so you have Anakin as Obi-Wan's pad one, and they're they're off doing something uh, to sort of kickstart the movie, whether it be uh, going to the Separatists, the Trade Federation, to sort of negotiate a peace, because as we know, war was brewing between uh, the Confederacy of Independent Systems and the Republic at that time. So, I don't know, what do you think? What, what would What would work better if you were given that choice? I feel like um, having Qui-Gon uh, train Anakin would probably end up in a totally different um, result. Because if you think about it, maybe, perhaps, there isn't a chance... Or, there probably is a, still a chance that Anakin turns to his dark side, but I think there's a slightly less chance than if you look at the original plotline. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, but, but, and here's the, has the caveat for that, uh, uh, having Anakin uh, being trained by Qui-Gon right from the get-go. Uh, Qui-Gon still dies at the end of the Phantom Menace. So, you have your, uh, you have the movie play out, Right. And at the end, they they confront Darth Maul, um, whether it be Anakin, uh, Obi Wan, and Qui Gon, or just uh, Qui Gon and Anakin. So pa- uh, Padawan Anakin, young teenage Anakin, and uh, the whole fight goes down. And instead of Obi Wan being the one sort of trapped uh, behind those uh, those sort of uh, fluctuating energy shields, you remember that part? Yeah. At the end. Uh, it's it's Anakin, and he's sort of standing there, and then he watches as Qui Gon dies. So Qui Gon still dies uh, at the end of this, um, at the end of the Phantom Menace. I think that's a must if we are sticking, trying to stick to um, the original uh, end result of the trilogies of the trilogy. Sorry, of the prequel trilogy is that Anakin falls to the dark side, and I think for that to happen, Qui Gon has to die because without Qui Gon. He doesn't have a proper mentor um, uh, which, to teach him the, the the balance between the dark side and the light side. Which, if you so think Qui Gon still dies, yeah. Like even in the original trilogy, uh, no, not hating Obi Wan here. Remember, I'm a, I'm the biggest Obi Wan fan, uh, but I think that was the problem with uh, Obi Wan trading Anakin was that they were kind of like brothers. Yes. Yes. Exactly. They're actually like brothers, to be honest. So he wasn't really a master. He was kind of more uh, like a brother, and he couldn't really steer Anakin in the right direction. Well, maybe he could, but uh, on many cases, like he couldn't control Anakin. Like Anakin basically did what he did. Exactly. And and uh, in light of what we're doing, so Qui Gon still dies, and and um, Obi Wan has to has to mentor him, has to eventually becomes his master, how, how it originally plays out anyway. Uh, but also, uh, sort of veering away from that, uh, or, whole Anakin, Anakin, oh, yeah, you want to say something? Go on. 
What if you give Mace Windu a bigger role here? That's a point I have written down here, actually. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm getting away. No, it's, it's in brackets here. It's like, does does Mace Windu train? I train, yeah. Does Mace Windu train? No, Anakin there for some reason. It's put it in short form. Does Mace Windu train? Question. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess he would, depending on um what happens. But the thing is, like. You'd have to ask, how did Anakin come uh, to the Jedi Order in the first place? Because as we know, Anakin is the chosen one. Um, he has a very strong connection to the Force. And an important question to ask in a rewritten um, uh, Phantom Menace is how the Jedi Order got hold of Anakin. And as we know, Mace Windu never trusted Anakin. Um, he didn't trust him uh, he sort of saw him as a spoiled brat and of course that had a big strain on their relationship which would eventually lead to Anakin falling to the dark side because he felt as if he wasn't fully appreciated uh, by the Jedi and that they were sort of concealing things from him so I don't know let's, let's, say, let's say for continuity's sake that something similar happens in our rewritten version of The Phantom Menace, and that Mace Windu doesn't like Anakin, and they have that sort of s- that same strained relationship. So after Qui-Gon dies, it, it is Obi-Wan who, who takes Anakin on as a student. Let's just say that for uh, for simplicity's sake. Yeah, that's a, the, Occam's... What is it? Occam's Razor? The simplest answer is... <laughs> Because that's exactly what it is. Uh, but importantly, importantly, um, in order to lead into episode two, um, which I feel for a lot of people, even in the prequel f- fandom, is the weakest movie of the three, which it definitely is, in my opinion. Um, it's important, I think, to for two things to happen in The Phantom Menace. Um, that is for the... The secret about the clone troopers to be sort of a part of episode one. So there needs to be something in there, um, whether it be I don't know, Anakin and Obi Wan going to uh, I think it was what's the planet called Camino, Camino, where the clones yeah. are being birthed, and they, they they find out about the clone troopers and the clone army that's being made for the Republic. And point two is that count. Dooku needs to be in episode one. And here's an interesting thing about that time period. Uh, Count Dooku was, if I remember correctly, during the events of episode one, he was actually still part of the Jedi Order. Uh, He was still a Jedi. And it was actually Qui-Gon's death that sort of pushed him away from the Jedi Order, because uh, he actually trained Qui-Gon, and he uh, sort of loved Qui-Gon like a son. And it's interesting, because Qui-Gon actually shared a lot of his his uh, personality traits with Count Dooku, in that they, they were very critical uh, of the Jedi Order and what they did and how they handled things. And Dooku was, uh, during the events of uh, The Phantom Menace, he was actually very um, cr- critical, very um, very angry. At the Jedi, at the way 
they um, would send out their own, you know, their own members to pointless missions, which they get involved in, and they would die. And he didn't like that. He was very critical of of their of their methods of operation. Uh, so, you know, in in a rehashed or rewritten version of the Phantom Menace, I feel like Dooku would need to be there because um, part of the uh, the criticism of uh, the prequel trilogy is that the villains sort of just uh, the minor villains that is uh, like Dooku and Grievous they kind of just pop in there uh, without any uh, explanation uh, specifically Grievous who just appears in episode 3 um, oh, yeah. but Dooku, Dooku as, as big as a villain as he was because you have to remember the role of Dooku um, was that well this is uh, story wise um, lore wise was that uh, Sidious promised Dooku that he would get to train Anakin uh, when they they pulled Anakin to the dark side. And I think that's a, that's a pretty big... Um... You know, it to be more fulfilling. Um, I think you need to ha- you would need to have Dooku in episode one. Uh, a, a light side Dooku. A, a Jedi Dooku. Who, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, sort of envisioning it. So, you have Dooku in the movie, right? Qui-Gon dies, is killed by Darth Maul. And one of the last scenes of the movie could be, like, Dooku saying, you know, I'm out, I quit. I, you know, I can't, I can't take this, you know, this corrupt order anymore. You guys are doing it wrong. And he leaves. And I think what would have been a really cool post-credit scene would be sort of Dooku mulling about somewhere, and then he's contacted by Palpatine, uh, Palpatine Darth Sidious, <laughs> who sort of lures him to the dark side, right? And that's how you get the uh, Sith Lord Count Dooku, Darth Tyrannus, in Episode Two and Episode Three. I don't know. What do you think? That's it. That's actually a very interesting um, per- point of view because it, it kind of opens up of how Count Dooku like his backstory rather than just kind of placing him there I, I kind of like how uh, like how you would basically um, keep him in the Jedi Order as, as he was and then uh, suddenly after Qui-Gon's dead he'd, ju- he'd just um, be like exit the Jedi Order and then be contact- contacted by uh, Palpatine, because that kind of sets the bar about oh, Palpatine's recruiting more people to the Sith cause. Yeah, like, you know, it kind of even leads up to uh, the eventual Vader um, and Anakin's uh, pull to the dark side as well. Uh, so it kind of, yeah, I, I'm actually a big fan of that, and uh, it's interesting because. Um, amidst the whole Sith Lord thing, there's a trade, like the Trade Federation war as well going on. So like, you have you have this um, infighting with the Jedi and the Sith, and then you have like it, it's all behind the scenes, whereas the like the Republic. And the Trade Federation are going at it as a... It's basically a cover. Essentially. 
it was uh, the whole whole war with the Confederacy of of um, yeah. independent systems. This was kind of it was orchestrated by uh, by Palpatine yeah. in order for him, in order for him so to get uh, that that clone army, which he would use to essentially wipe out the Jedi. Uh, now, speaking of the clones, uh, going back to that point, um, so the clones are introduced in episode one in this new episode one and uh, i'm not sure if you remember but the the very last scene of attack of the clones uh was the clone the clone trooper the clone army mobilizing and i think the last line uh was said by yoda and he says uh begun the clone wars have and i would take i would take that line from episode two and put it into episode one so you have that whole scene um I'm not sure how they would do it. Um, the clones, of course, would have to be introduced in some awesome way, like they were in, in Episode 2 when they saved uh, the Jedi in the Genosian Arena. Um, yeah. So you would have something like that in Episode 1. And was... you would have uh, that line, Begun the Clone Wars have. And now, uh, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, would be would cover, I think, uh, most appropriately, the actual Clone Wars. Um... Do you have you ever watched the animated uh, Clone Wars series, which just ended recently? Uh, I, I, I was watching like a few episodes way back in the day. <laughs> it's been going on for twelve years, so it's it's quite a quite <laughs> an old show. Um, so yeah, uh, it it ended recently. Like I stopped watching like uh, uh, four or five years ago, but I, I still followed it uh, because it, it really picked up and. And this is a bit of a digression here, I know, but they do a fantastic job of sort of uh, portraying uh, the Clone Wars and everything Anakin went through uh, to sort of lead him up to that point in Revenge of the Sith where he sort of falls to the dark side. So I think a a rehashed, a, a redone version of Attack of the Clones would be Anakin's career in the Clone Wars because Anakin uh, um, became sort of the poster boy for the Jedi uh, and the Republic during this era. Yeah, and he was he was this you know this this highly skilled warrior, this great general who commanded the the five hundred first, and he was a hero. He was one of those legend life celebrities that everyone loved, and it, it kind of led him. Uh, it kind of got to his head, I think, in some ways, and it's important that I think that 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 was supposed to be shown. It should have been shown in the films, and I think that's where Lucas kind of uh, went wrong with it. Is that the Clone Wars should have been a film on its own, or at least, if not the entirety of the Clone Wars, because that's like impossible to do. Um, you would have the at least. Uh, I don't know the the latter half of it, or even the middle half of it, right? Yeah. Uh, so you, you should have portray Anakin, you know, um, during his career, he, you know, his rise to power, uh, sort of um, building his relationship with Padme, and you know, showing showing how he came to distrust the Jedi Order in a way that you know uh, Qui Gon did and, and Dooku did, and and it's important because that is one of the biggest criticisms of the prequel trilogy, is that his fall, Anakin's fall to the dark side, it wasn't as believable as it should have been. It, yeah. 
I mean, you you had you had your moments here and there, um, uh, especially the the scene with the Tuscan Raiders and uh, uh, and them killing his mother and uh, mother and you know that's important. You know that that would still be there. I feel, uh, but it, it just it was there wasn't enough of that, and you know that that's one of the problems people had with uh, with the trilogy. So you know this this. Um, this rewritten Attack of the Clones would be the Clone Wars. Would be Anakin's rise to stardom. Yeah, like, because even in the Revenge of the Sith, uh, I know we haven't got there yet, but uh, he, the way, like, the current one is written, it he doesn't really say or mention any reason why the Jedi Order is, you know, distrustful, other than, you know, oh, the Jedi are evil. Suddenly, all, all of a sudden, <laughs> and those are one of the criticisms that I feel like uh, a lot. Um, as he said, uh, there there hasn't been like much of a besides the Tusk the Tuscan Raider scene, and maybe a minor one somewhere, but uh, there there ha- there hasn't been any of that really in the prequels currently. So I think like uh, a new Attack of the Clones, like of the Clone Wars, would really uh, help that, yeah. and maybe even change the title to uh, the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah, like you said, yeah. that'd be awesome. Star Wars Episode Two: The Clone Wars, because yeah. uh, the Clone Wars are mentioned in the original trilogy. Um, if you remember, when Luke goes to uh, Obi Wan's little hut, and yeah. he see they're, they're having that talk, and. Um, Luke asks him when when Obi Wan sort of reveals that uh, you know uh, his past. Luke asks him, "Oh, you you fought in the Clone Wars?" So it's mentioned. So people know what the Clone Wars are at this point. And and changing that title would do more for the the title and the story would do more for the prequel trilogy than detract from it. Because you know, going back to all those points we said, making Anakin's fall to the dark side more believable. Which I think segues perfectly into episode three. Now, oh, yeah. here's where I'm conflicted. <laughs> when you when you isolate episode three, episode three is easily the best film of the prequel trilogy. I think a lot of people, who, even uh, a lot of people who uh, dislike the prequel trilogy, agree that it's actually a pretty solid film. Uh, yeah, um, and it's it's difficult to say. When you when you have it set up properly, like so, we do we we um we we reshoot the Star Wars films uh, the way we propose. So you have Anakin introduced in Episode One as a Jedi already, and then in Episode Two you have the Clone Wars. Now in Episode Three you have um his fault, the dark side of him becoming Darth Vader. I'm not sure how much of that you change, and I was having a hard time coming up with things that I really disliked about that because again when you when you play your cards right with the first two movies the, the third one actually fits extremely well as it is already exactly actually it, it it like as it stands with the current trilogy maybe it's it's like a one off but uh if we if we rewrite the t- the, the other two it, it plays in like a like a storybook pretty much uh, and it fits with the narrative that we're trying to achieve uh, in general. Yeah. But I think there are some like minor things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
but I'm just I'm just trying to think what what I would change. Uh, oh yes, maybe. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, I completely forgot. Uh, but like I said, Dooku needs to be introduced in uh, episode one. General Grievous needs to be introduced in episode two as uh, sort of uh, the the main villain that the Jedi are after, the big bad General Grievous who is leading the Separatist armies. So yeah, he gets introduced in episode two and then dies promptly. Uh, and, in episode three, the way uh, it normally happens. So yeah, and also part there. like make it known that maybe I mean General Grievance, Grievous is trained in the like the arts. Like, d- does it have to be such a surprise in episode three? <laughs> or yeah, exactly. I think the problem is, and again, this is another huge digression because that's what we're we're famous for. Um, Grievous was actually introduced. In the the Clone Wars cartoon, uh, not the not the 3D animated series, uh, yeah. but you know the the 2D one, the hand drawn one. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was actually introduced in there. Uh, from what I, if I'm remembering this correctly, I think yes, he was. And but the thing is, most people uh, wouldn't have watched that, so they would be surprised by who like who is this alien cyborg with tuberculosis. Right. Um, so he, he, yeah, he needs to be introduced in episode two, and there needs to be scenes with him and Count Dooku, sort of discussing certain things, and uh, maybe they could throw in a conversation where Dooku's like, "Yeah, I, I, I remember when I trained you in, you know, the Jedi arts." So it doesn't come as a big surprise, right? Uh, like yeah. you say, like you said, uh, in episode three. So that's definitely a thing that would change. Um, trying to think what else. Just these minor things. Uh. Mm. Hmm. Um. Like. What about the the whole um, trade federation? It it suddenly just ends. Like, how do you segue that into? That's yeah. That's a that's a good point actually. Um, so they didn't they didn't show it in the movie. So basically, Sidious sends Anakin to take out the leaders of the of the CIS, the uh, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and he he basically assassinates uh, uh, Newt Gunray and all and all those guys on Mustafar. If you remember, like, oh, he just yeah, slaughters. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a big part of yeah. why the. the 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 confederacy fell um i can't remember if i know they they deactivated the battle droids uh but i can't remember if they if they mentioned that no they didn't they didn't mention that in episode three did they yeah so it's kind of interesting like what happens to all the uh the battle droids even after like whether they're deactivated or not do they uh are they scrap metal somewhere? Or are they, like, repurposed? Essentially. But yeah, something something pertaining to um, how, uh, what happened to them would be nice. It doesn't have to be, like, a full 10-minute scene. Yeah. It could be maybe uh, during someone's exposition, they show what's going on in the current state of the galaxy at the end of Episode 3. And so you have, you have, uh, 
Vader standing next to Palpatine overlooking the construction of the Death Star. Uh, maybe you could throw in, you know, the battle droids being scrapped, essentially. The clones being transitioned over into stormtroopers. Um, so stuff like that. Little uh, tidbits that would add to the lore and the world to make it uh, not more believable, but just more presentable um, considering uh, the story that was already in place in the original trilogy. Like, there were no battle droids in service um, during the OT. So that would make it more uh, more connectable to the originals. Here's a good one. Would you change when Padme dies in childbirth or when... Is that, or is that something that really can't change? By when? Well, what do you mean, like... Like, when... Instead of, like... You know how, in the current one, in the current, uh... Movie, I was just... Padme basically is accompanied with Obi-Wan to Mustafar. Yep. yep. What if... Basically... She basically already goes into labor on Coruscant, and she doesn't go to Mustafar. That's an interesting point, but I feel like Anakin, uh, Anakin needs... wouldn't really change much. And I, and I feel like Anakin needs to be the one to uh, to essentially kill her. Why well, he didn't he doesn't kill her per se? She dies of sadness. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's what uh, most people um, would say, or I'm not sure if that's, that's canon. Uh, but yeah, I think that one of the most powerful scenes in Revenge of the Sith is uh, Padme confronting Anakin. So I feel yeah. like you need to have that. Because when, he, when he chokes out Padme, that's how you know Anakin's gone. That this guy here is not Anakin Skywalker, but he's Darth Vader. That's like one of the one of the last things he does before completely going berserk. Right, yeah, exactly. And then Obi Wan's all like Let her go, Anakin. <laughs> <He's> a, <laughs> but yeah, so, that, that would be a, a huge part to kind of omit. So yeah, we won't omit that. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh uh good time check. how long would well, we be talking for? 42 minutes? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't think we have time to get to the, <laughs> the sequel trilogy or the fan fiction trilogy. We might have to break this into two episodes. I don't know. What do you think? You know what? We can do that. Maybe, yeah. Why, why and then not? Maybe, right. maybe uh, the, the surprise guest or the, the permanent special guest can join. I don't know. Yeah. Look, tell her to make some notes. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> we should probably wrap up now. So... Yeah. So essentially, you don't change Revenge of the Sith, but you do change, I think, uh, the first two movies to make it so that I think, I think, yeah, judging from what we have compiled here, um, you change the movies so that Anakin's fall is more believable. It's more, it's more, uh, I think, intriguing when you have him. Um, already in the Jedi Order. Um, he is still touted as the, as the Chosen One. 
but certain Jedi like Mace Windu still don't uh, trust him. And then you, you sort of uh, have Qui-Gon die, who was supposed to be his mentor, who would have been the best mentor for him. He dies, and of course you have the Clone Wars in Episode 2 showing Anakin's uh, prowess, how he became uh, essentially the hero of the Republic. And then you have in Episode 3, of course, his the fall, we all know, uh, the fall to the dark side and how he became Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's anything else, uh, you know, going back in retrospect, you, you want to you wanna add to that? Oh, forgot the most important point. Misa. Oh, oh, man, Jar Jar is... I don't... I personally don't hate Jar Jar Binks as much as some people do. But Neither I suppose, do I. I suppose to appease the people we just axe Jar Jar completely. Appease <laughs> <laughs> uh, the prequel haters. <laughs> I don't. I can understand why a lot of people hated Jar Jar, but you now, when I watch it as an adult, uh, The Phantom Menace, I still don't get the hate. I'm like, I get it. He's this wacky idiot who does things, but it's like, does he really deserve that much, you know, contempt? From from the audience, no. <laughs> it's just I think it's just people being angry at the prequels. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean there there is legitimate criticism of his character. Yeah, how how it's kind of out of place. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I guess we we ask Jar Jar just for the heck of it, <laughs> <laughs> or make it a serious character. <laughs> or make it a, a Jedi Master Jar Jar. Put him on the council. <laughs> Oh, that would be pretty good. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, it's good to, <laughs> to wrap up. So, everyone, tell us what you think. How would you write uh, the first two movies, or even the whole trilogy, uh, prequel trilogy? We haven't touched on the fan fiction sequels yet, or just sequels. But uh, tell us what you think. Give <laughs> Give us your feedback. We've already figured it out. We do not like the sequels at all. Um, you're, and uh, as I'm sure we've said before, you're free to like them, but we don't like them. And we will probably dis- be discussing uh, how we would have rewritten them uh, next Sunday. Yes, Sunday is our new podcast day. So uh, we will try and upload every Sunday, hopefully. Um, hopefully. But yeah, uh, thank you for tuning in, and do let us know what you think. A good Star Wars discussion between civil fans is always a nice thing to have. You know, we all sit around and discuss it like gentlemen and uh, ladies without being barbaric and hating each other, (laughs) which never happens, because Star Wars fans are rabid, as we all know. Uh, But yeah, do let us know what you think, and uh, yeah, we will see you next Sunday. Thank you, everyone, and have a good night.